It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in second hour of the program here on Thursday morning. And I'm, I've got channel 12 on here in the background. Actually, technically, it's what I guess what used to be channel 64 because they run channel 12 news for the morning. So I put that on to have some local stuff and they're out covering the story of the 25 year old New Bedford man who was shot and killed at Miles Standish State Forest yesterday. But they have the reporter out doing a live shot from what appears to be Pier 3 in New Bedford, which I don't get it. It happened in Plymouth. Maybe it's harder to do a live shot from the state forest where you're surrounded by all those trees and, you know, the signal might not be as well, uh, you know, might not come across as well and all that. But they have their own electricity. They the, the trucks have everything they need to broadcast. It just seems like a weird choice to go down to the New Bedford waterfront for an incident that happened in Plymouth just because the victim is from New Bedford. It's also a shorter drive, I guess, when you're sending your assignment reporter out at 5 o'clock in the morning, but it just seemed like an odd choice. Anyway, you can find out more about that. You can check out the story at WBSM.com and on the app. And, uh, of course, we'll definitely be following along more with that. There's also, you know, just kind of an offshoot of having that conversation. We came about the discussion about camping in the Miles Standish State Forest. And as I, I misspoke earlier when I said there were electric sites, it's it's non-electric sites there. And it, it's a cost of $17 per night to camp there, which is about $12 increase since the last time I knew somebody that camped there and I went and hung out with them. But that was probably 20 years ago. So to only have gone up $12 in 20 years seems pretty good to me. Uh, and it's $119 per week. Now, if you want to go camping anywhere else, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. So just to do a comparison, I compared it with the last place that I went camping and a place that is not that far from the Miles Standish State Forest, Maple Park in Wareham. And I just picked that because, again, I, I, know, I know the park. I've stayed there. I, I live near the park. So it was the same nights I picked. So I had to pick two nights for Maple Park. I could only pick one night. You know, I could pick just one night for the State Forest if I wanted to. But Maple Park was requiring me to pick two nights. And so I picked the same nights. Thursday, July 27th, Friday, July 28th. And again, at the State Forest, 17 bucks a night. For a non-electric, non-water site at Maple Park, the two nights combined. So the two nights at the State Forest, $34. The two nights at Maple Park, $108.25. Plus a $3.25 non-refundable booking fee. So $111.50 compared to $34. And if you wanted to have a site that has water and electric hookups, that's $138 for the two nights. So it's basically $104 more 
to go camp at Maple Park and have the electricity and the the water hookups. Now, that's not to disparage Maple Park at all. I'm sure that that's very in line with what it costs to go to other campgrounds. And they have a lot of great amenities there. And for a lot of folks, that's that's a great price. It's still a lot cheaper than getting a motel room or a hotel room. I'm just showing you the, the savings that can be had by camping in the state forest. So 508-996-0500. And speaking of being out in the forest, um, I have a story at WBSM.com and on the app that you might find of interest if you are, well, A, a wrestling fan, which I know a lot of you are, and B, a, a, a person who gets nostalgic for New England amusement parks, which I know a lot of you are. Over the weekend, Clark's Bears, which was formerly and still kind of sometimes known as Clark's Trading Post, they held their Wolfman weekend. It is the 50th anniversary of the Wolfman character. And if you're not familiar with the Wolfman or if you've forgotten because you haven't been to Clark's in a long time, the Wolfman lives, you know, Clark's Trading Post was built right next to the Wolfman's property. And the Wolfman lives out there in the woods and he has a mine. A mine where he has his secret stash of the element known as, the mineral known as unobtainium. And when the train comes through with all the visitors, the Wolfman wants to protect his unobtainium and he doesn't want anybody stealing his unobtainium. So he hops into his little homemade jalopy and he chases the train down and he shoots at the train and he yells at the train to get off his property. And the conductor of the train has everybody yell at him, scram, you old goat. And then when they get to the bridge, the covered bridge that goes over the river, he'll stop chasing you because he's afraid of the water. He's afraid of the heights. He won't go over the bridge because he's afraid of heights, and he won't go under the bridge because he's afraid of water. In fact, he hasn't bathed in years because he's afraid of water. And so the Wolfman character is a lot of people's favorite part about visiting Clark's Bears. And they've had a number of different actors who have played him over the years. So for Wolfman Weekend, they had as many of them come back as possible, and they had you know all kinds of games and celebrations and recognitions and all of that. And they had a special guest, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, who was there for a couple of different reasons. One, he's a big fan of amusement parks. If you've ever read any of his books, he talks about going to Santa's Village in Jefferson, New Hampshire. He talks about going to Six Gun City, which was in New Hampshire. He talks about going to Storyland and talks about going to Clark's. And not only is he a fan of it, but his son, Mickey, actually works at Clark's now in the summers. See, he's in his second summer working there. So Mick Foley showed up to take part in this Wolfman weekend and played the Wolfman on Saturday. As the trains were coming through and they're expecting to get yelled at in the, on the train route by the Wolfman, many people were like, wow, that's, that's Mick Foley. And so he posted some photos and some videos. I wrote it all up at WBSM.com and on the app so that you can see it for yourself. You can watch the video and, and see some of the photos. But he also talked quite a bit about how these family 
started and family owned and family run amusement parks are dropping off. We're losing them. And and he was advocating for people to go out and visit them. Go out and visit them and support them and show them that they still matter in a time of, you know, Six Flags dominance, Disney dominance, Universal Studios dominance. Show them that these these little family parks are still appreciated because a lot of them were hand-built by the people that founded them. If you look at Edaville, Edaville is still very much exactly the way that Ellis Atwood built it. Now, they've worked hard over the last couple of decades to bring it back because after it closed down in the 90s, a lot of the stuff was sold off or moved off or people took. So they've they've had to put some effort in. But it's it's still very much the park that Ellis Atwood envisioned and created. And some of those, you know, White Mountains parks are how they've always been for decades. And they found ways to adapt but they still draw people in, not only for the fun that you can have, but for the nostalgia. Now, we've lost some of those parks. We lost Lincoln Park. We lost Rocky Point. We lost King's Castle Land. King's Castle Land, the epitome of the family-built amusement park. It was something that a guy just built around his toy store. So Foley wrote in a Facebook post about how important it is to go in and preserve those places. And I put the story out, and somebody asked the question, when and why did Clark's Bears become the name of the, the park instead of Clark's Trading Post, which we've known for years? Remember, you would, you would drive down the road and you would see the, the bear usually up on the pole. And the sign said Clark's Trading Post and everybody would want to go and see the bear show and ride the train and go through Merlin's Mystery Mansion, which is still one of my favorite rides of all time. And so people were assuming that the name change had something to do with some sort of negative connotation with the term trading post. When they say, oh, I mean, who, who thought trading post was racist? Is, is it because it has something to do with, like, you know, the slaughter of Native Americans or anything like that? It, it actually, it's, it's much simpler than that. It is not a woke decision, as some of you might call it. It is not a politically correct decision. It was a business decision to change the name to Clark's Bears because the owners felt that just calling it Clark's Trading Post, you know, it doesn't have that same that same heritage word of mouth that it had when we were growing up. Where people talked about it and you knew to go there. It doesn't have that same pedigree anymore. If you remember, when we went on vacation, we went to New Hampshire. What did we do? We stopped at the visitor's center when we got over the border because we had to use the bathroom. We went in there. We used the bathroom. And as we were leaving, we grabbed all those little pamphlets and brochures for all the different attractions. We walked out of there with a big stack, hoping we could get to all of them, but knowing that we only had so many days and we probably wouldn't get to all of them. And you planned where you were going to go. Castle in the Clouds, Six Gun City. Storyland, the Alpine Slide, you know, all of those things that you could do up there in those days. And 
so you knew Clark's Trading Post as the place where they had the bears, the train, all these different rides and everything. But apparently the newer generation, the younger generation doesn't know all of that. So Clark's felt like when they had the name Clark's Trading Post, people just thought of it as a store. That they just thought of it as something similar similar to the Kittery Trading Post. And so to differentiate the park from the actual store itself, the store is still referred to as Clark's Trading Post. The park is referred to as Clark's Bears. That's what it all comes down to. Their social media is all Clark's Trading Post. Their website is Clark's Bears. When I called over there to try to, you know, figure this all out before I was writing the story, they answered the phone. Hello, Clark's Trading Post. And I said, oh, Clark's Trading Post. Would you? I'm writing a story about Mick Foley's visit and Wolfman Weekend. Would you prefer to be referred to as Clark's Trading Post, as you just answered the phone, or Clark's Bears? And they said, oh, it, it's Clark's Bears. So that's, you know, it's a little confusing. Let me just say, you can use them interchangeably. If you want to call it Clark's Trading Post, it's not like calling Plymouth Plantation Plymouth Plantation. Well, they've decided that that name isn't appropriate anymore. This was just a business decision to try and emphasize the fact that it was more than just the trading post and that there were other things as well. So they called it Clark's Bears because that's kind of the the um, the hook that they have. Because there's there was a lot of amusement parks up there back in the day. I don't know how many of them are still around. I think Six Gun City closed a while ago. Uh, I believe Santa's Village closed, but it has reopened. Storyland is still open. In fact, they're having their adult night coming up, which I'm tempted to go to. And then what else was there? Benson's Wild Animal Kingdom. They had rides, right? So I don't know how many of them are still around, but they're all worth a visit. And you could probably go and visit all of them and spend less money than you would, you know, at one day bringing the family to Disney. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Full disclosure, my second call, but you brought back so many wonderful memories of New Hampshire and vacations. And I remember my family went with two other families, which is kind of unheard of now. And we rented those little um, cabins. Mm-hmm. And of course, the poor mothers had to like still cook. It was no vacation for them. They were still cooking the meals, but um, we uh, hiked up the flume. I don't know if you've ever been there. I remember it, yeah. Yeah, and we had such a grand time. And I was so thrilled when I had my own children to take them to Clark's Trading Post. And we went um, to Santa's Village. But it's like a wonderful place and, you know, fairly inexpensive compared to a Disney cruise or something like that. And so many wonderful memories. We had, there were five kids in my family growing up. And we went to, although I think there were four, for when we used to go up to New Hampshire. I think it was before my youngest sister was born. But we went up there for a couple of years, two or three years every summer. And we, you know, it wasn't like, all right, we're going up and we're only going to this amusement park. When we would go, we would hit them all. And you, you couldn't afford to do that today probably with five kids. But in those days, it was probably costing five, ten bucks a person to get in. And so we went to all of them. And it was such a great vacation because you said, well, we can go to... New Jersey and go to Six Flags because there wasn't one here back then and Mm -hmm. that's it that's the only place we're going or we can go to New Hampshire and hit you know four different amusement parks 
plus, my father had one of those little, um, I don't know if they're 8 millimeter or 16 millimeter cameras. Mm-hmm. And he used to, like, you know, take a lot of home movies. So not only did we have the vacation, but then every summer after that, we put the sheet on the garage as our screen, and we'd watch the movies of it. So he, we really got our money source out of those vacations. Yeah, absolutely. We we had that, too. My grandfather used to record some of those, and we had, like, the Randolph Parade on them and some other stuff. And I know a couple of years ago they had them all digitized and put onto a DVD. Real, yeah, I think we put some of ours on a DVD, and it's wonderful. My dad would get in trouble with my mother for um, taping or filming parades because she'd say, why are you taking so many pictures of those girls, like, you know, majorettes and stuff? But I can remember the parades going up Union Street, and I think the, the police were on horses. It was really a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I wish I could go back and have that experience again, although my son wouldn't want to go, and if I went by myself, that would be really creepy. So, Wait for grandkids. <laughs> I might be a few years away from that for sure. I know. I don't want to rush him, but just, you know, that can be fun too. All right. Well, thank you for the call. No problem. Have a good one. And if you, uh, if you want to share some New Hampshire vacation memories, you can do so at 508-996-0500 or hit me up on App Chat on the WBSM app. But there, um, there seems to be, you know, a lack of some of those, those family-run places. There seems to be a, I don't want to say a, um, a distaste for those from, from a certain generation of people. Like, you know, my, my, my brother goes to Disney every couple of years and I'm like and I know a lot of people that go to Disney I know people that go to Disney multiple times a year I'm like okay I get it but how about maybe just one of those times instead of going to Disney and doing the same things that you've done there why not go up to New Hampshire and visit some of these family-owned parks you know there was nothing like walking out of the tent in the morning smelling that nice mountain air Going through your day, I used to love driving down the road, and when you got around the mountains, there'd be a thunderstorm happening, Like, but you could see the top of the mountain over the thunderclouds. That was always one of the coolest things to me. And going up and visiting all of these great places. We used to stay at the Saco River Campground in North Conway, around that area, and you'd be sitting in the lawn chair around the fire at night, and you'd feel something up against your leg, and you'd look down, and it's a skunk. The skunks would come over and like rub themselves against you like a cat and purr because they were so domesticated from people feeding them. I don't know that I'd want that experience, but uh, (laughs) I got to take a break because we have the news coming up. Uh, If you want to call in and chime in, call in 508-996-0500. We'll take your calls in a bit. But right now we have to take a break. Be back in a few moments. We'll take more of your phone calls following the news. So callers, hang on. We will get to you as soon as we come back from it. Before we go into the news, though, I just want to let you all know that it... It's a great day to go out and get yourself some breakfast, right? It's a great day to stop by just another Phoenix restaurant in North Dartmouth. They've got lots of great stuff sizzling up on the grill. They open each morning at 7 a.m., so when you get there, you can know that the home fries are already going to be on the grill, getting crisp and delicious, and you know that they're going to have the bacon sizzling. It's going to smell like you expect a breakfast restaurant to smell. All those delicious scents coming into your nose as you walk in and all of those great creative menu items. So if you want to be able to get yourself a nice breakfast, then just head on over to Fawn's Corner Road, 
Go to just another Phoenix. Are you are, are you all right? I'm just stretching. Okay. All right. Just making sure. I wasn't sure if you were like volunteering to go to just another Phoenix for me. I mean, I love just another Phoenix. It's right. great. It's great. I mean, don't 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 think that I won't send you down there either. Okay. I just was a little concerned because I, I saw you moving there. But all right. I'm glad that you're just getting in your getting in your stretches and your exercise. All right. So go ahead and head on down to just another Phoenix restaurant. It will be a great breakfast at a great price, and you will find something delicious that you will love. Check them out. Fawn's Corner Road in Dartmouth. He is stretched, he is ready, and now he has the news for you. Let's go into the WBSM newsroom with Adam Bass. The stage is set for 160,000 Hollywood actors to go on strike. SAG-AFTRA, which stands for the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, failed to agree to a new contract by the deadline of 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. The unions want more compensation and safeguards against the use of artificial intelligence. A union board vote on the strike will come this morning, and a picket would be limited to film and television productions. Actors would join film and television writers on the picket line. Lines. Members of the Writers Guild of America have been on strike against studios and streamers since early May. A brutal heat wave continues to roast much of the southern U.S., set to drop records in places like California, Texas, and Florida. In Death Valley, California, temperatures could potentially reach 130 degrees this weekend, which would match the highest temperature ever reliably recorded on Earth. Heat warnings and advisories are in effect for millions of people. In Phoenix, Arizona, the high temperatures have been over 110 degrees for nearly two weeks with no end in sight. In El Paso and Miami, the highs have been over 100 degrees for nearly a month. Several GOP presidential candidates are coming back to Iowa this week and next. Six of, the, six of the candidates will be in Des Moines this Friday at an event hosted by a conservative group. Candidates speaking include Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, former Vice President Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, and Asa Hutchinson. Former President Donald Trump will be in Cedar Rapids next Tuesday. A central Ohio plastic surgeon known as Dr. Roxy on TikTok is no longer to allow to, to allow to practice in the state. The Ohio Medical Board moved to permanently revoke the license of Dr. Katherine Gray yesterday. Board officials launched hearings over Gray's credentials after three pages were patients reported cosmetic surgeries that had gone wrong, leading to various, sometimes serious, complications. She was also questioned over patient privacy concerns after live-streaming surgeries on social media. A 15-foot python that escaped from a California home more than a week ago has been found safe. The python, named Big Mama, was found in a neighbor's backyard in Chatsworth. Her owners say she's back home, but due for a bath after being out and about. And a 10% stake in the Led Zeppelin catalog is up for sale. Mark Mayfield has details. There's a lady who's sure All that glitters is gold And she's buying a stairway to heaven It's being sold by Helen Grant, who is the daughter of the band's former manager, Peter Grant. Peter left 10% to each of his two children after his death in 1995. It's not clear how much the entire Led Zeppelin catalog is worth now, but in 2016, it brought in a total revenue of $58.8 million. The surviving members of the band are not involved in Helen's sale. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
In sports, the Red Sox are back from break tomorrow, and they'll play the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. First pitch at 8.05 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Not a whole lot going on as we head through the day today. You can expect a little bit more cloud cover than what we saw yesterday. It's going to be humid, high near 84, and then we'll keep that humidity and the mugginess as we head into the overnight hours. We'll see a low of 73, and then the rain and thunderstorms start to move through in the overnight hours, and that's going to be with us through Friday morning commute. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 74 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Good morning, Mass. This is Brett Michaels, and I just want to tell you right now, it is time for your morning medal right here on the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. And it's time to announce our winners of today's tickets to go see Brett Michaels' Party Gras Tour happening July 21st at Xfinity Center in Mansfield. You can still get tickets now at LiveNation.com, but we have tickets to give away here. And so, because I'm not going to be in tomorrow, we selected two winners this morning. So, Tara Marie Vieira, or Tara, Tara Marie Vera, and Linda Carterapoli. I think I said that right, Carterapoli. So Tara Marie Vera and Linda Carterapoli, you can expect emails from Casey. Uh, she might not get to it today because uh, she's off today and uh, tomorrow, but she's going to try to send those emails out if she can get them out this morning to have you be able to claim your tickets. And these are virtual tickets that she'll be able to send to you once you send back the paperwork signed virtually makes it nice and easy so you don't even have to come down here and then you'll get those tickets delivered to your Live Nation or Ticketmaster account so that you'll be able to just go to the show and have a great time. Mark McGrath, Steve O'Gary of Journey, uh, who else? Jefferson Starship, Night Ranger, and of course, Brett Michaels himself singing all the greatest hits of his band, Poison. So if you want to get tickets again, LiveNation.com, but uh, we will also still be giving away some on the app, so pay attention for those trivia questions. Make sure you have contests the alerts for contests turned on on the WBSM app. And a little bit later on in the program, too, we will give away some tickets to see the production by the New Bedford Festival Theater of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Zyterian. So you can still get on over to WBSM.com and enter to win those today. We'll pick another, you know, for that, we'll pick another two winners as well because, uh, again, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so we'll get those winners selected for you today. All right, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, we were talking about some of those New Hampshire amusement parks of the days of old, you know, and as I mentioned, we would go up there, we would spend a week and we would go to one day, Storyland, go to another day, Six Gun City, go to another day, Santa's Village, 
go to another day. Clark's Trading Post. And I'm sure it wasn't cheap with five kids, two adults. I'm sure, or maybe it was four kids at the time. My sister was born when I was seven. So this might have been a couple of years before that. But we would go to all of these, all of these places. And we weren't rich. I wouldn't even call us middle class. But yet we could afford to do it. I remember waking up every morning at the campground and having either my dad making bacon and eggs over the fire or the little camping stove or we would just eat those little boxes of cereal. Oh, I loved going camping because that meant you got the little individual boxes of cereal. We'd rip open the, the bag and you'd pour the milk in and eat it right out of the, the box in the bag. Oh, so good. But, you know, it wasn't like we were spending a ton of money on all kinds of other stuff. So you could afford to go to these parks. Now I think it'd probably be like 40 bucks a person to go into most of these. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Quit shaking, playboy. Lamone calling in in the morning. What's up, player? Man, it's it's early where you are. Yes, it is. Or it's, yeah, it's still it's still it's still late. If I yeah, you just you just haven't gone to bed yet. No, not even looking at it yet. <laughs> so, um, so you know, like you know, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Jim uh, Jim McGraw was supposed to be coming here, uh, quarterbacking for the for the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. you you you're gonna have. Uh, the, the Tom Brady influence there with him buying into the team and, and having some influence over the quarterback, I guess. Well, there's, you know, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't pass his physical. So Tom Brady, Tom Brady was over at the coach's house playing catch a couple of weeks back. So there might be a possibility. He may be playing here in Oakland, here in Las Vegas. I don't know. So that I, can you, can yeah. you be an owner and a player in the NFL? Do they allow for that? Yeah. What about, they had a, they had uh, Mad, uh, Michael Jordan was owner and a player. Yeah, but that's a different sport. That's a different league. I don't know if I don't know sport? if they allow that in the NFL. Well, they used to have uh, coaches that were uh, part owners and stuff like Casey Jones when he he was part he was part owner of the uh, Boston Celtics and then uh, Bill Russell he played. But I think that was after that he he coached and stuff after that he was he wasn't a uh, part member then. But still, yeah, but they they weren't part of the ownership. Bill Russell and Casey Jones weren't part of the ownership. I think that they uh, had had a little stick, stick and uh, what's his face, uh, Red Auerbach. What's his face? Excuse me, Red Auerbach. Gave, uh, you know, as thank you, gave them a partial little bit of ownership into the. Boston well, Red, I mean, Red Red didn't know Celtics. the team either. I don't know. Don't don't get into Celtics history with me here, Lebone, because uh, I I'm I'm well versed in it. So, well, I'm sure you are. I'm I'm out here in the desert in Las Vegas. I'm trying to be far away from. The Celtic thing, you know, not, not not on purpose, but it's just way, way the big the big guy in the sky implanted, you know. So put it out there like that. So I try to, you know, I uh, had I interviewed uh, Harrison Ford before a movie, you know, I was supposed to have nine minutes to interview him uh, before the movie started, but I only got four minutes. And instead of him being in, in in person, I got him on the monitor, and so he told me that he promised that I said my sister wanted to see you because my sister was supposed to come up and see him, but. He, he wasn't there, so hell's bells. You know that poster I got, the Revenge of the Jedi instead of Return of the Jedi? Mm-hmm. It's like a $10,000 poster. It's been framed. So I took me a long time to get that puppy up there. I was mad. I feel like OJ, you know, but, you know, you know, I feel like I'm freshly clothed, and, yeah, that's okay. So, 
people, how's everybody up to doing on that in the town? Are you guys enjoying the rain out there? Nah, I mean, it's, we've had a pretty dry week this week, thankfully, after nonstop rain last week. But, uh, you know, the, the, the flooding didn't hit us as bad as it did. Uh, there were some towns around here that had some of the flooding, but not nearly as bad as it was up in northern New England. Oh, that's not good. Well, you know, I, we could use a little bit of that rain out here, and out here in the desert. But, you know, you remember, like, it was a year and a half. It'll it be two years this year that we It's been a year and a half. We had 240 straight days without any measurable rain here in the desert. You know, wow. the previous record was 140 days. That was back in the 50s when they had a, the nuclear test out here at the site. Well, so that gives us something to look forward to. We also had a, we had a story at yeah. WBSM.com about the sphere opening up out there. How, how does that look out there? It looks amazing, especially from inside. I was, I was, I was, I'll, I'll take some pictures and send it to you. I'll send you, I'll send you pictures or two. I've got a couple of, uh, I got like a quick video. They said, don't let, let it out yet. But I'll sneak it to you. But make sure you promise to let anybody else know. No, no, I'll just, just download, from my eyes only. That's, for, that's what I'm talking about for Shizzle. So that's what I'm talking about. Let it be, let it be all about that. So, um, also, you saw the UFO that crashed out here in Las Vegas, right? Well, I saw the reports, and the, the guy supposedly saw some beings, but a lot of people are debunking what he was saying. You know, that's, that's, there was actually something crashed. And if you see the, the, uh, the dash cam of the police car and also the body cam of a police, police officer had the video of it. Now, I've got on, on my YouTube channel, I have like a, a couple of videos. I got the first, I got the... The, uh, the news, on, you know, from Channel 8 with uh, George Knapp. I have the, the news clip over it's 5 minutes, 29 seconds. And I had a friend that took and look at the, the clip there, and you can see a creature. It's, and it's like you pull, he enhanced the video, you can see the creature. And the creature looks like, I don't want to, I want to tell you who it is, but it's like, but this, like this, this film is the most, most accurate alien-like looking uh, film I've ever seen. No, being, me being here in Las Vegas, uh, here by Area 51, for nearly 50 years of my lifetime. So uh, I've seen a lot of things, good, bad, and ugly. Well, I'll have to, so, I'll have to take a look. I just got to hold you there, Lamone, because we got to take a break. And unlike Spooky South Coast, we have commercial breaks during the show. So. Ooh, All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for checking in. God bless you. Are you doing this thing live this weekend? Nope. We're going to be, uh, we'll be in Gettysburg. Stephanie and I and Porter, we're all going to be in Gettysburg for the big uh, Gettysburg Battlefield Bash. Well, geez, you, that's terrible. I hardly ever see, hear you on the air anymore. I feel like, like you must be like Elian Gonzalez. You know, you know, <laughs> you always got to make it a little weird before you go. All right. Thanks, Lamone. You. you have a good you day. Everybody. Take it easy. Uh, that you is like that is Lamone out in Las Vegas. If you are not familiar with his calls, if you've never heard him on Spooky South Coast, it's always an adventure when Lamone calls in. It's very stream of consciousness. You never know where it's going to go. I have to keep my finger over on the dump button because sometimes it just goes into these weird weird corners and recesses of his mind. All right, I got to take a break, though. We'll be back in just a few moments. Uh, you can call in at Welcome back in 508-996-0500. Uh, of course, 
as I've been telling you, the 4th of July may be over, but the 4th of July sales event is still ongoing for another few days at Whirly Beds Factory Outlet on Pope's Island in New Bedford. If you want to be able to get yourself a great deal on a mattress, you want to act now because they have a mattress sale going on that you won't believe. $300 off Simply Natural Ultra Visco Series mattresses, $200 off all hybrids, gel flex, and platinum series mattresses. That means 200 bucks off on those nice mattresses that keep you cool and keep you warm when they're supposed to. $100 off Cairo Contour and Easy Rest series mattresses. Now, you need a base, an adjustable base. Well, you can get $100 off all style adjustable bases and $200 off ultra adjustable bases. They also have a sale going on for select cooling pillows and protectors, 20% off. And up to 15% off any made-in-the-USA furniture. It is a huge sales event going on right now at Whirly Beds Factory Outlet. You can go over there and check out all of the great products that they have, but also you can get a chance to take a little tour and see how they make all the mattresses. They make them right here in New Bedford, right there behind the showroom. You can see Manny hand-sewing those mattresses five days a week. So head on over to Whirly Beds Factory Outlet. Talk to Patrick. Talk to Martha. Talk to the staff over there. They know how to get you the best night's sleep possible. And with this 4th of July sales event going on through July 17th, they'll be able to save you some money, too, as well. So why not jump on that and get yourself a great night's sleep? All right, I do have to take one more final break in the hour. Let me do that right now. We'll be back in a few moments. song that I really rap and, and do a pretty decent job at is uh, Slam by Onyx. I can do the third verse of that song. The Sticky Fingers verse. And I can also do, I can do Ice Ice Baby and I try to get my buddy to do It's Tricky by Run DMC with me. I had like this whole routine worked out and, uh, and, and he, didn't, he didn't bite. He didn't like it. So, But other than that, you don't want to hear me rap. I get all confused and stumbled up in my words. I can barely speak when I'm on the radio just talking to you. Imagine me trying to do it with a beat behind me. So uh, we're going to take a break here coming up for the news. When we come back, Jack Spillane's going to step behind the board here. He's going to produce the final hour of the program today because he's actually going to be here tomorrow and Monday. And he's going to be talking with you about a variety of different things. And you'll be able to call in and discuss with him. I've already warned him that he may get a Lamone call. So... I would, uh, I would, you know, plan on that probably happening. My debut so. with Lamone. All right, <laughs> he's he's definitely a character. And if you've ever heard him on Spooky South Coast, uh, people still ask me too about Mark, the guy that used to call in that uh, 